This is inestimable riches. Empowering you to win always. And your host is Patrick Iziagba Leggy. The Christian life is very simple. The challenge in the Christian life is in the practice. But the principles surrounding Christian living is very simple and very basic. That if we will learn to practice them, after a time, it becomes habitual for us to do those things. Now when you hear that somebody tells you of how he or she prays extensively, continuously, you may think that it is something that is unattainable because maybe you have tried it's like it's not working for you like that but the truth is that life is all about habits it's all about habits if you can just set out a time and you are able to keep to that time consistently for over 14 times you're able to continue like that for up to 60 days what you have done is that you have formed a habit it becomes strange if you don't do it becomes a habit that it becomes strange if you are not able to find time to give yourself to that time of prayers and it's not only in prayers it's in every area of life life is about habit and that's why you see some men they go into marriage even though they love their wives even though they love their families, their children they are still immoral, sexually unfaithful to their wives because of the bad habits they learned growing up as teenagers in their 20s and maybe in their 30s, it is just a bad habit. They themselves know that what they are doing is wrong. But a bad habit has taken over them. They now looks as though it's normal. But there's nothing normal in it. Nothing normal. It's just like somebody that you used to smoking. You tell them, I cannot stay without bars. I cannot stay without smoking. It's not true. It's just that the person has learned a habit and is under the power of nicotine which is destroying his life every single moment he takes a, a stick of cigarette. is destroying his health and making himself or herself vulnerable to terminal illnesses. I've seen medical doctors who smoke. And I wonder upon all the things they have learned, all the truths they learned, or they have learned about the danger of nicotine and cigarette, why will a medical doctor still smoke? It's a habit. And once these habits are taken over by demonic spirits, people find themselves in bondage. 
And so for bad habits, the cure is to run to Jesus. Hallelujah. And begin to apply the principles of God's word into your life. Those habits will die. However, the reason why I talked about habit is because of what we are saying here today. The Christian life is very simple. The principles are very simple. The issue, the challenge is in the practice. For example, the Bible says, Give thanks to God in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That is a simple instruction. It's very simple. And so if you can learn to practice rejoicing and keep yourself in a state of joy consistently, no matter what is happening in your life, if you can do that consistently over a long period of time, it becomes habitual for you to always rejoice in the face of anything. Not as though you are rejoicing that that thing is happening, but you are rejoicing because you know the victory is already yours. That is why the God, as I have said to the barren woman, that she rejoiced. Sing, go barren, that that is not bare. And he tells her the reason why she sing, why she shout aloud. He said, For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. And so when we are practicing rejoicing, for example, we are not rejoicing that something bad is happening or has happened. We are rejoicing in the victory that we have in the face of what has happened and or in the face of what is happening. We see the victory for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. And so practicing God's word is very important. The life of faith is all about practice and habit. Some Christians think that the great men of God that you hear of, that you don't have issues in their life. <laughs> I heard Josmias explaining that they have greater challenges. But because they already know how to deal with challenges, when those challenges come, they deal with it, it's like nothing has happened. They've learned through the years. I went for a crusade in Benin City, Adobe Stadium. The man of God that came to preach in that crusade and the miracles in that crusade was sick. He himself was sick. I don't want to mention his name. And he mentioned it. And said that if he needed to be brought in a stretcher, that he would have entered the stretcher, they would bring him to the to Benin for the crusade. He was having challenge in his own health. But he knows that the way to conquer that challenge is not to stay back, is to act in faith. That doesn't mean he was careless with his life or with his body, but he knew where the answer is. Hallelujah. So, it is alright to admire people. It is alright to have people you look up to. The Bible teaches that we should look up to those who lead us, who teach us the word of God. There's nothing wrong with that. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But you have to realize 
that those men and women you are looking up to, they got there through practice. Through practice. Through practicing the Christian life. Those of them you see with supernatural manifestation, they got there through practicing the supernatural. There is no Christian that does not have the ability to walk in the supernatural. Jesus himself said to us in Mark, he said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall place their hands on the sick, the sick shall recover, they shall take up serpents into no hurt, they shall drink. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. If if means is conditional. If by offense or mistakenly you touch something that is deadly, you didn't know, Master shall not hurt you. So the point is this there is no Christian that cannot manifest supernatural. But how far you go in supernatural manifestation is determined by habit, is determined by practice, practice, practice. So you practice it and you start getting results little by little. At times you may have some failings, but you keep practicing. You keep practicing because you believe the word of God is true. You keep practicing. After a time, it becomes habitual. You see a lame person, you know the lame will walk because you now have the habit of walking supernaturally. Life is a habit. And habits are formed through consistent practicing. Or through consistent practice. Hallelujah. Even your career, the job you do, if you have done one job consistently for years, of course, you become proficient in it. I've been in a class where a professor was teaching. Took us in a course. Religion and human value. This elderly man, professor of religious studies, he doesn't bring notes, notebook or textbook to class. He comes down and sits down in one place quietly and everything is pouring from his head. So this man teaches in such a way that you can write a textbook from the way he talks. Very calm, very slow and he's making his point. That you, the student, can write in a textbook from his teaching. How did that happen? Through the years. Practice became habitual. So he teaches now a habit. Hallelujah. I trust that you have been blessed by this teaching. For further information, contact us on WhatsApp. Plus two three four eight zero two eight seven one nine six seven one. God bless you.
This is inestimable riches. Empowering you to win always. And your host is Patrick Iziagbaalegi. Now I need to say this. Because it's very important for you to have this understanding. If you read the book of Ephesians, we see that it's divided into two parts. The first part, the apostle Paul was showing to us who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, what Jesus Christ has done for us. And usually that first part is referred to as the weight of the believers, the riches of the believers. What we have because we are in Christ. What we have because we have received Christ Jesus the Lord. And then the second part we see the Apostle Paul using the word walk, W-A-L-K that we should walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we have, called, we have been called. So there are two words used to describe the believers the love of the believer, his worth and his walk. His worth and his walk. His worth refers to everything that he has in Christ his walk refers to is aligning his life and bringing it into agreement with what he has in Christ. So, I'm already saved as a believer. I have all the riches of the saints. I have all these words, justified, blessed, made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus prosper financially and material because of the grace and poverty of Jesus. Hallelujah. So many words that I have in Christ sanctified because I'm in Christ. That is who I am. That is my legacy standing. But every day of my life as I walk in my Christian life or as I walk the Christian life I need to ensure that what Christ has done for me is manifest in my experience. Hallelujah. That is what Paul is saying here. As ye have received Christ, so walk ye in him. In your practical experience, the way for you to live as a Christian is to walk or continue in your Christian life the same way you received Christ. The same way you received Christ. When you received Christ, you enter into divine wealth. You enter into what we call the inheritance of the saints, the riches of the saints. And so, in your day-to-day -day life, in your practical experience, Paul says, it is in, in the same way that you received Christ, that is the same way that you walk the Christian life. I trust that you have been blessed by this teaching. For further information, contact us on WhatsApp. Plus two three four eight zero two eight seven one nine six seven one. 
God bless you. This is Inestimable Riches. Empowering you to win always. And your host is Patrick Iziagbaleghi. Verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. In John chapter 1, we are told from verse 10 that Jesus came into the world, came unto his own. That is, naturally, he came from Israel. He was a Jew by birth. But said, by the Jews, they rejected him. And then he goes further to tell us that, however, I think it's verse 12, that as many as received him, that as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the children of God. Even to them that believe on his name. So it tells us in verse 12 of John 1 how we received Christ. As many as received him, he gave the right, the privilege, the authority to become the sons of God, the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. So he's telling you that we received him by believing on his name. And when you say you believe on the name of somebody, what are you saying? You believe that that person's name can open doors for you, that that person's name can do something for you. When you say you believe on the name of Jesus, it means that you believe that that name, that Jesus, is God's solution. God's only solution to the problems of man. And when you believe on the name of Jesus, John 1, 12 tells us that you received him. Hallelujah. And so if I received him by believing on his name, it means that if I'm going to walk in my Christian life, I should keep believing on the name of Jesus. That's what it means. You know, you... You came into Christ by believing the name of Jesus as a believer. Because you believe that Jesus is God's sacrifice for your sins and all your wrongdoings and is, is God's answer. That there is no name given under heaven whereby man has been saved but by the name of Jesus. And now you have an issue in your life to deal with. It could be your health, it could be your finances, it could be in any area of life. If I'm going to deal with any issue in my life as a Christian, it must be by believing in Jesus. 
any issue at all by putting faith in the sacrifice of Jesus. I trust that you have been blessed by this teaching. For further information, contact us on WhatsApp. Plus two three four eight zero two eight seven one nine six seven one. God bless you. This is an estimable riches, empowering you to win always. And your host is Patrick Iziagba Leggy. A lot of people don't understand what faith is. They mean that faith, they think rather that faith means you do nothing. They believe that faith does not have any action, faith does not have any works. If you are believing God, you don't need to do anything. It's just like a woman or a family, a couple, married couple, believing God for the fruit of the womb. They have trusted God. But there is a pattern that God has established, reproductive pattern that God has established that a man and his wife must engage in in order to get pregnant. So if a woman feels or a couple say, oh, we've trusted God, so we are just going to be looking up to heaven and God is going to put the baby in the womb. In short, that alone is unbelief. They must do the things, the processes, the productive processes that God has established in nature for them to get pregnant. Just imagine Abraham at 99 years. God came to him and said, I, don't, I didn't forget what I told you your wife will get pregnant too. And Abraham is looking at his wife every day. Without following that natural process, he would never have gotten pregnant. Sarah would never have gotten pregnant. He would never have had a child. Even Sarah, when the angel, the Lord Jesus, appeared as an angel, told Abraham that Sarah would get pregnant. Sarah was 89 years. Sarah laughed. And what did, what, was her, what did she say? She said, can I at my age see fine pleasure? So in other words, she said, that matter, me, I don't close them. I've taken my mind away from that. I'm too old to come and be doing gymnastics is it, with my husband. So I've already, I've already concluded that matter. So which, which is this one? So in other words, she understood that if she must get pregnant, she must follow that natural process. But in doing that, she's placing faith in what the word of God has said. Bible said in Hebrews 11 that by faith, Sarah received strength to get pregnant. Received strength to conceive. And so you come to 2 Corinthians. Paul tells you that you know the grace of the Lord Jesus that even though he was rich for your sake, he became poor, so that through his poverty, you might become rich. And so, God has made me rich in Christ, which is true. That is a blessing of God upon your life. 
That is your legal stand with God. That as a Christian, you should not be poor. And that is the truth. A Christian should not be poor. And then you go and fold your hands. You do nothing. You are watching TV every day, every morning, every evening. Your mates have gone to work. You are watching TV. So God have said, through the grace and poverty of Jesus Christ, I'm rich. And so, money is going to fall from the sky to me. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Because the word of God has put a process in place. And he said in that process he will bless the labors of your hands. So if that blessing of God is going to find expression in your life is going to find expression in what you are doing. Hallelujah. So in other words, God is going to bless what you are doing as long as that thing you are doing is legitimate. That is what you are doing is legal. God does not bless illegality. He doesn't. Hallelujah. And so, many Christians don't understand that there is difference between the works of the law and the works of faith. So anytime they hear works, all that comes to your mind, all that comes to the mind rather is the law, the works of the law. No. The New Testament teaches us about the works of love, the actions of love, it teaches us about the actions, the works of faith, and teaches us the works of the law. Teaches us about the works of the law. That we are not saved by the works of the law. But faith requires action. That is what he's saying here. Walk ye in him. You are doing something about your life. But in doing something about your life, you should understand that the result will come because of your faith in Christ. You came into Christ by faith. Then you continue in your Christian life by faith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. I trust that you have been blessed by this teaching. For further information, contact us on WhatsApp. Plus two three four eight zero two eight seven one nine six seven one. God bless you. This is an estimable riches, empowering you to win always. And your host is Patrick Iziagbaleghi. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. In Ephesians chapter 2, we are told that we were saved by grace through faith. Saved by grace through faith. And not of ourselves that is a gift of God 
believers also many of them also don't understand what salvation is and what it means to be saved when they hear the word saved or salvation all their mind goes to is they are saved from sin and they will not go to hell And so whenever they hear salvation is it means oh I'm saved, I'm not going to hell. They don't realize that the word salvation or the word save, sozo, salvation is soteria, save means is sozo in the Greek. That these words are all encompassing words, referring to total deliverance from all evil. So, you are saved by grace. You were saved from sin by grace. You came into Christ. But in the first place, sin brought evil into the world. It was the sin of Adam that brought untimely death, that brought sicknesses and diseases, that brought poverty and lack, that brought fruitless labor all these things came because of the fall of man when Adam fell God told him with the sweat of your brow you will till the ground he said tons and tissues it will bring up for you so in other words you are not supposed to be having some of these grasses is it grass now they don't, we will not call them grass weeds that we see they came as a result of the fall of man. And so, if you were saved from sin, that was the problem. Why will God leave the problem that sin brought upon your life? Why? It doesn't make any sense. Sin brought sickness. You are saved from sin that brought sickness and so if you are saved from sin that brought the sickness and you are not going to heaven thank God why will God leave the sickness that sin brought does it make any sense no it doesn't make any sense in dealing with the root which is sin God dealt with the sickness which is the fruit of the tree The easiest way to destroy a tree is to destroy it from the root. The root of all the problems of man is sin. And so you are saved by grace from sin. But that sin had a tree known as the tree of sin. And it produced different fruits. Sickness, disease, failure, untimely death, setbacks, and, and things like that. Generational causes, everything like that. And so, Jesus came He dealt with the root and saved you from the root. If the root has been destroyed, what will happen to the fruits? The tree itself will wither and the fruits will be no more. The point is this. You are saved by grace. True faith 
none of yourself. It's not something you did. You couldn't save yourself. The root of the problem has been dealt with. And so if you find now in your life, in your practical experience, as you are walking with Christ, you are seeing a symptom of sickness. Bible says the same way you believed in Jesus and you were saved from the root problem, that is the same way the fruit is no more in your life. So you place your faith in that sacrifice that of death with the problem of sin. And so that is why your mind should be on the fact that the sin has been dealt with and therefore your sins are forgiven. You therefore cannot suffer the fruits of sin of which you have been forgiven. I trust that you have been blessed by this teaching. For further information, contact us on WhatsApp. Plus two three four eight zero two eight seven one nine six seven one. God bless you. This is an estimable riches, empowering you to win always. And your house is Patrick is Yagbalagi. God did not only forgive you your own sins. God forgave you the sins of Adam. God forgave you the sins of your ancestors. And so that's why I wonder why many Christians are still talking about generational causes and things like that. I, I realize that my sins are forgiven. I realize that he took Adam, God included Adam in Christ, and when Christ died on the cross, Adam was nailed to the cross. I was in that Adam. And I realized that when Jesus was buried, that Adam that I was in, that was included in Christ, was buried along with Christ in that tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And I also realized that when Jesus rose from the dead, he did not rise as Adam. He rose as a second man. And I was included in him when he rose from the dead. There is no human being, living or dead, that was not included in Christ in his death. Even the unbeliever that may die and go to hell, he was included in Christ. He needs to believe that he is in Christ. And believe in what Jesus Christ has done in order for him to enter into the fullness of, of salvation. And so many Christians don't understand this. They don't know that listen, the devil is a trick, is a trickster, is a game master. He knows how to play the cards. He has been studying human beings from the very day human beings were created. So he understands, he's a chief psychologist. So he understands human behavior. He understands all human tendencies because he has been studying man from the day Adam was created in the garden. If he could deceive Eve at that earliest time, you should know that he has a lot of things in his sleeve. And so, he comes and brings a lie to you and tell you, oh, you are over this age. That is why you are having this symptom. You tell him no. The root has been dealt with. I believed in Jesus. And that belief in Christ is the only faith I need. So I'm not going to slide into unbelief. 
I'm going to keep my faith in Jesus in every area of my life. I tell him, no. This pain was paid for when Jesus died on the cross. So I'm not going to accept because I'm now 60 years, I'm now 70 years. Of course, I'm not up to that age. But that is the reason why I'm having pains in my bones, having pains in my legs. I'm not going to accept it at any time in my life. Because Jesus has dealt with it. Oh, say because you made a lot of mistakes. You didn't go to school. I told you that going to school. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Uh, you didn't do this. You did. Uh, you made bad business decisions. That is why you are suffering financially. No, no, no. That is not the reason. I, I, I don't accept that. It doesn't mean that wrong business decisions does not have impact. They do have impact. But I don't stay under that impact. I stay under the impact of grace. I'm saved by grace. True faith in the sacrifice of Jesus is not of, my, of myself. Yes, I made that business decision. It was the wrong one. But I'm saved from that wrong decision by grace. Hallelujah. You continue in Christ in the same way you received him. glory to Jesus. You walk in an office and somebody is on you walking against you. <laughs> Listen, don't engage in any physical fight with the person. In short, even if the person is junior to you, you see the person in the morning in the office, be the first to greet the person. Be the first to greet the person. Even if you are even senior to the person in the workplace, be the first to greet the person. Because the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That stronghold in his mind, not even your own mind now. You see, that stronghold, that evil way is thinking about you, that is making him or her behave the way he or she is behaving. You have power over it. That's what we cast down imagination. And every high thing that is on is against the knowledge of Christ. The knowledge of Christ is that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And then one man or one woman, because he's a boss or whatever, he knows the MD or whatever, he knows the governor or whatever, even though he's not but he knows the governor, so he feels he can work against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That is your covenant right with God. And so you put that word in your mouth. You keep doing what you are doing with your life. And you put that word in your mouth. Hallelujah. Rejoice because you know the victory is guaranteed. Because you are saved by grace. So you have to understand that salvation is not just being saved from sin. And, and, and you are going to heaven. No, salvation is, is, is more than that. Being saved from sin is the basics. Because sin was the issue. But I will be saved from sin. You are saved from every evil that sin brought into this world. Paul was sharing this thought in Romans 8.32. He said, If God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not by him freely 
give us all things. He has told us earlier in that Romans that Jesus was delivered up for our offenses and then was raised for our justification. So he's now telling us in Romans 8 32 that if God spared not his own son, but deliver him up for us all for our offenses, how shall he not along with Christ freely give us all things? So Paul is saying that it is unthinkable that God has delivered up Christ for your offenses, then he will leave sickness in your body. He will leave poverty in your life. He will, he will leave uh, 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 your children to go wayward, go, to go haywire. He said it is unthinkable. That you are seeing that these things are there in your practical experience. What do you do? Stay on God's word as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk ye in him. The word of God says that you are saved and your household and now you are saved is like your children are going haywire. Stand your ground. They don't look at what you are saying. Look at what God's word has said. Keep looking at that word and keep speaking that word. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Like your finances is shaking. Keep looking at what Christ has done. While you are going about doing what you should be doing with your life, just go ahead, be doing the business. Just go ahead, be pursuing a career. If you need to make changes, make the changes. In short, when you start depending on God like that, God will start showing you what to do. He will start showing to you if you need if you need to make change, if you need to relocate, if you need to move from here to there. He will start showing you. Is he giving you ideas? At times, even when you are very slow to receive it, God will find a way to push you into the right position. Because God is faithful. And his faithfulness is forever. I trust that you have been blessed by this teaching. For further information, contact us on WhatsApp. Plus 2348028719671. God bless you. This is Inestimable Riches, empowering you to win always. And your host is Patrick Iziagbaleghi. As believers, we walk in rest. We walk, W-O-R-O-K, in rest. So in other words, fiscally speaking, we may be doing more work than any other person. But we are at rest in our thoughts and minds we are not agitated because we know the end result oh glorious is a pastor Chris gave an illustration that really drove this point home he said if you are watching today we are in November 2021 a match that was played in 1990 you already know the score. You already know the result. You're screaming and shouting now. Does it change the result? No. I can't forget the only Nigerian match I can ever forget. I'm not into sports. I, don't, I can never remember the year, but it was in the 90s. Nigeria versus Russia. 
under 17 or so. They were beating our boys 4 0. 4. And to a second half, close to the time where the game will be, very few minutes to the end of the game. These boys did not only equalize, they won that match by 5 to 4. So if you are watching that match, you are Nigeria, that is, you are the Christian, you already have the victory, you won the match. You have already won the match. That is, Christ has already won the match for you. But now, in your experience, the score you won, you are crying. Rejoice! <laughs> because you know the result. You know the end result. is is 5-4. Five, five, you are the one that won 5-4. to four. And so, you, you started a business and the business is like, uh, you, you had one loss. That is not the result. The result is that you are a winner. Jesus won for you. They scored 2 0. Oh, that, what, what will I do? I cried. Why are you crying for, for the result you already know? 3 0, 4 0. And it's quarter to the end of the match. You are not only equalizing, you are winning the match. In short, not that you are winning, you've already won the match. You did not only equalize, you won the match. Do not watch, you see, when they scored you 1 0, you neutralized. That one zero by scoring one goal. And so you made a bad business decision. That was one zero against you. But you neutralized that one zero. You gained victory over that one zero. Then everything the enemy threw at you, you neutralized them and gained victory over them. And not only that, you won the match. This is psychology of faith. That is why, as believers, we walk in rest. We know the end result. We know the end result. That is why we don't cheat. We don't try to be smart and, and uh, edge people away and do this. No, we don't have time for that. We don't have time to add somebody's money to our own money through theft, through stealing. No, no, no. We don't. Have, we, we don't do that. We don't need to steal for for public funds to to enrich ourselves. No, we don't do that. We prosper. Amen. We prosper. It doesn't matter if there is no cover right now. Your bank account is red. The end result is that you are a prosperous man. Hallelujah. As long as you keep seeing that prosperity, listen, it will flood your life. On this earth, it will flood your life. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. The victory is already ours. And so we walk resting. What is panicking others doesn't panic us. We walk resting. We are fully and completely at rest. I trust that you have been blessed by this teaching. For further information, contact us on WhatsApp. Plus 2348028719671. God bless you.